Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And we're inviting you to a lady date, a place to connect, speak openly, and learn from each other's experiences. Today's podcast is about staying connected in a remote world. We're going to talk about how we're coping, what we've tried and been successful with and failed with, and what we think will happen in the future. So to kick us off today, we're going to start in our classic way, classic for episode two, (laughs) um, with an icebreaker. Yes. So Jess, the icebreaker for today is what TV show have you binge watched recently? Ooh, okay. Well, um, there are a lot. Um, (laughs) So this is going to be telling and maybe slightly embarrassing. Um, most recently I binge watched Say I Do, (laughs) which (laughs) is a Netflix show. Um, and it's these people who are either doing a vow renewal or wedding redo, or they're getting married for the first time and they have these three guys come in and basically help them do a surprise wedding for their significant other. It's very sweet. It's very much like Queer Eye, where you feel like everybody has a super impactful story. It's a feel-good one. Um, But then also any cooking-related show Mm -hmm. on any... Yep. Hulu, Netflix, anything that I can see. Disney Plus even has some. I binge those (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Oh, such a good question. The list could keep going, right, but right. in the interest of time. <laughs> I was going to make it more specific to, like, guilty, like, things you would be ashamed of, but I feel like that's most shows that we've been mm, watching. I like. went there immediately. <laughs> I yeah, just didn't know. hold back. All right, all right. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, so I guess same to you, Sarah. What is a show you've binge-watched recently? Okay, so right now I'm binge-watching The Tudors, which is, like, very... It's not, I don't even know when it came out. I feel like it came out forever ago. Did it? I feel like there's so many period pieces yes. that have been coming out that are recent. Like, there's one about Queen Elizabeth. Yes. That came out recently. Yes. Okay. They're my favorite. So, like, the period piece shows are my favorite, and I have our... As you well know, I've watched Rain, <laughs> which so is all good. about Mary, Queen of Scots. Loved it. Deep dove into her history. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm watching The Tudors, which was, like, you know, a couple generations before her. And I always get so hung up on whether or not it's accurate, which is insane, because it's the show that's, like, made for, like, teenagers, and it's this glorified interaction between these, like, these royalty, these families of royalty. And I always, like, every time something crazy happens, I look it up and I'm like, is that how they died? (laughs) And that's just, um, it's my minor guilty obsession, so. It's super relatable. Rain is so good. It's really good. The costume design, the soundtrack, everybody is, like, way too hot. Oh, yeah. The and hair is amazing. Yeah, it's yes. incredible. It's not the Tudors is not as good, but um, it's still worth a worth a watch. Okay, yeah. I'll check that. It's a prequel. It's a prequel for some historical accuracy. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Uh, that's a great icebreaker question. Thank you, thank you. I thought of it like randomly the other day, so I was like, "That's gotta, that's gotta be one." Yeah, I like that a lot. <laughs> thank you. Um, so. 
anyway, transitioning into what we are here to talk about today. So we're going to talk about uh, staying connected in a remote world, which is very uh, timely because we are all in a remote world and have been kind of forced into that life um, this year. 2020 has been wild. So staying connected in a remote world is tough anyway. We're going to talk about how um, how we've dealt with that and how we've how we've transitioned into it. So I'm going to start off um, and ask you, Jess, what was your work situation before the COVID pandemic hit? Yeah. So my work situation was I was going into the office Monday through Friday. um, So I had to commute. I um, was working. Everybody on my team was in the office. There are very few people within the company that work remotely. And so um, everyone was very familiar with being able to go to your desk, do a walk by, um, be able to have meetings with everybody that is in attendance in the meeting sitting in the same physical room. Um, So that was my life. And that's honestly been my career um, for the most part is working in an office where a majority of the people work in the office with you, um, upper management, um, all departments, all within the same building. So that has been my familiar place and my comfort level. Mm -hmm. um, And that definitely shifted. But Sarah, what was uh, your work situation before COVID? Yeah, so I'm a little bit different um, from you in that I was remote before all of this hit. So when I started at my company about a year and a half ago, I was I transitioned into a fully remote job. Um, so I was a little, I was prepared <laughs> for this uh, crazy world that we live in now in the pandemic. So that was kind of um, nice. I remember getting started and starting that job. Um, it was tough transitioning from being in that work environment, like you said, and, and having in-person meetings, having that FaceTime and then going to being fully remote. It was really difficult. So I feel grateful that it happened way before the pandemic started because that was a, a huge shift in, you know, keeping yourself accountable and not taking a nap in the middle of the morning. Um, <laughs> and also like <laughs> managing like a self-care routine and like you know, it's it's just a different work-life balance when you're constantly at home, as we've all learned um, now. So tell me a little bit, Jess, about what your shift to remote life was like. Great question. Um, so it was a little bit alarming um, and really hard at the beginning. Uh no one in my company was really familiar with working remotely. And so it was a huge transition for all of us. There were some other transitions going on at work at the same time that kind of perfectly aligned um, with us having to basically quarantine and work from home. Um, So there were a lot of changes in rapid succession that made it painful. Like I remember being really upset and really just distraught Um, There were a ton of emotions that I was feeling as far as um, working in a tiny studio apartment and not being really sure what was going on, Mm -hmm. plans changing, life changing, everything shifting. And so um, for the most part, our team really kind of had to step up and uh, shift into this world that none of us were familiar with. I mean, I had worked from home a few times here and there, but 
figuring out how to be respectful of each other's time, figuring out how to communicate, um, that definitely kind of, I think, shocked all of us. Yeah. So for you, Sarah, I'm curious, was it that because you were already remote and probably a handful of people in your company were working remote, did it, did it feel as major or was it kind of like, oh, this is sort of similar? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think it, it was, um, it was very, it was still jarring. It, it was a lot to deal with at once for everybody. And like you said, it was, it was not only transitioning to remote life, but it's a little bit devastating what's happening in society in general. There was just a lot all at once and, and dealing with what even a pandemic looks like uh, is crazy and not something that we've ever had to deal with. So it was uh, still a, a major time of change for everyone at the company like you said, there were many people who were already set up to be remote, which was great because we already had that sense of accountability amongst amongst us where we, we knew that you were working without necessarily seeing your face. There wasn't this physical micromanagement that happened, but it was interesting watching the rest of the company come into remote life and seeing uh, how they realized how vital using Slack was or uh, figuring out like Zoom backgrounds that became this like big new thing where everyone's like, oh my gosh, you can change your Zoom background. It's like, that was, welcome. Like, huge. It was huge. Yeah. Was like, welcome to remote life, everybody. <laughs> um, so it was interesting. And I will say, I feel like it was a little bit difficult in a different way because getting used to remote life when there's not a quarantine or a mandatory curfew, which we dealt with for a while there too, Mm -hmm. you get to leave your house. So separating work-life balance becomes a, okay, I know I'm going to be in my apartment for work hours. And other than that, I can go and be in a restaurant or go to the movies or do something that's a change of scenery or, you know, leave the state. (laughs) Um, And once things locked down, that became the challenge where it's like, okay, the boundaries that I had set for myself are gone. I am now at my home all the time. And all of the work that I'd done to figure out how to maintain that self-care has to be reevaluated and readjusted. So while there was like a novelty for everyone, I think, and almost, this sounds a little crazy, but like, a little bit of excitement for a lot of people to get to work from home for the first time. I didn't get that. I don't want to say benefit, but that like benefit, the benefit of, totally. of, of the pandemic. That sounds weird, but yeah. That sense of new. I yeah. Think, Cause there was a point where it was like after the first week or so, all of a sudden I was like, Oh wait, I am kind of getting the hang of it. Like fortunately I had you to kind of talk to yeah. and work through some ideas and tips. My partner is also an individual who works remotely prior to the pandemic. So he had a lot of advice. Like there were people in my corner who could help, I felt coach me through it and also make me realize that it wasn't a normal work from home scenario. Right. I think that was one of the things that stuck with me the most from you was when you were like, look, you usually can go and change your scenery. So if you're yes. working from home, you can go and work from a coffee shop yep. and you're not feeling stuck inside right. all the time, right. all day. Right. Um, but with that, I feel like, Sarah, you probably had some good tips that worked out for you prior to the requirement of everybody staying home but are there other tips that you felt have worked for you now being in this current reality and staying connected with other people staying in touch with yourself professionally and personally yeah so 
I I guess I'll start with, like, the challenges that I've felt. I lean towards workaholic. (laughs) I will work all the time. I will wake up and go immediately on my computer. I'll forget to take a lunch. I'll work way too late. So the things that I found successful in in preserving that self-care for me is scheduling certain breaks, um, getting, literally setting a reminder, you know, ideally it would be every hour. I am going to be totally honest. It is not every hour to just get up from my desk and stretch or walk around, um, setting, I set a lunch break every day. Sometimes that gets booked over with meetings, you know, sometimes you just have to like scooch it and be a little flexible, but at least it's a reminder of, Hey, it's, it's noon. You theoretically should be eating lunch or you've been working for a certain number of hours, like get up and do something else. Um, and it's also been this just recognition of, of my, when I work best and when I need to take a break. So like I hit this kind of slump that probably a lot of people hit at like three to three thirty every afternoon. And it's like, do I need a nap? Do I need to? <laughs> That's mad. I, I always go for like more coffee, right? Which is never the right answer. <laughs> never the right answer. You'll never sleep again. Um, so I, I've just kind of gotten to know myself a little bit better. And I've also gotten to set up this like, okay, if you work a 10 hour day, you need to find that that time for yourself on another day. You need to make it, you need to, you know, remove move some meetings or, um, do a little bit less the, to make up for it. Right. Um, I also have this constant reminder from my cats because if I work for too long, they'll literally come up to me and be like, Hey, you should be playing with me right now. <laughs> so for animals that like sleep all day, if they're coming to you and they're like, um, excuse me, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good reminder too that you should probably make some time for other things so. that's fair yeah how about you Jess like what do you feel like this transition is done like do you feel like you guys are excelling at remote life on a professional level what's what's worked from that mentality yeah I think the idea of being flexible um I think for me I am a very like process oriented person I like to have things in place and move forward with them. And I'm not a rigid person, but I like having things planned. I'm a very Mm -hmm. organized person. So I like to say, okay, we have this in place. Let's go. Let's move forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that with everything, it's really encouraged me and made me recognize that being more flexible, being more open to saying, okay, we're going to test this out just for this period of time. And then we have to reevaluate and see if it's still working. I think that's been successful. I think, um, working within my team, we've really tried to just be super supportive of each other. I work with an incredible group of people, um, that really cares deeply about each other. And so we have, um, a Slack channel, That is just for our team, which I think a lot of teams have probably figured out how to do on Slack. (laughs) And um, but we also utilize, you know, different programs um, to be able to check in. I also work with a great um, two gals who have direct reports as well. And so between the three of us, we really make sure that we're checking in on the well-being of everyone on the team and that nurturing piece. And I think that's been really successful. Um in making people 
feel like there's the human side. I feel like I've been able to pay a lot more attention to the human side of people than just the work and the output, Mm -hmm. which I personally have loved. I think that's probably what um, has been one of the most beneficial parts of working remotely is that we strive so much for that connection, which is partially also why we're doing this podcast, (laughs) is that um, we continue to see day in and day out that asking those questions of how somebody truly is, asking them how their family is, being able to see a glimpse into what other people's work studio spaces look like, or having their kids in the background, or pets, or whatnot. It gives you a little bit of a snapshot of, you know, when you don't get a response from somebody right away, it's not that they're just slacking off. It's probably because somebody needed something from them, or they're taking that much-deserved break, which Mm -hmm. I think you hit that spot on. I tend to want to work through things. And I finally have tried to block out times to truly take a break and just go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, we live in Portland. We don't get this kind of weather <laughs> all that often. And so we have to take advantage of it now. Right. Um, but yeah, I think those have been things that have been successful. And that's been something that's worked for me. Um, and that I've been able to see really the team come together around is just making sure we're looking out for each other, which I'm, I'm really happy to see because I think we have so many other things that are going on right now. It just, you got to start somewhere <laughs> like yeah, supporting each other. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you have found more of a human connection as a remote team <laughs> than you did in person. And I totally get that because it is a very human experience to have your kid walk in in the back of a meeting or to see someone's apartment like it is very it's very personal totally so it is really cool I like that yeah I feel like I've had a hard a harder time with a human connection and I did from the start moving to a remote life and I really valued like the in in in-person travel like that we would do if I went into the office um or if we would have like an off-site so I still find that hard to find that connection because I feel like we are so head down so often and people kind of forget how to (laughs) how to genuinely check in on each other instead of it being like a how was your weekend okay good anyway (laughs) yeah it feels like we've gotten a little deeper right we're not as on the surface with how was your weekend how are you doing how are you feeling it's like now I feel when somebody asks you how you're doing it's okay for you to be like I'm not doing great or I'm feeling really overwhelmed or this week I'm kind of struggling. Um, I think we're getting a lot more real with each other, which is refreshing. It's nice. Yeah. I try to be as honest as possible just in case. (laughs) Cause you don't know who else needs to hear it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You don't know who else is feeling that and just feels like they can't say it. I think that's really valuable. Yep. I feel like you do a good job of that, Sarah. Thank you. I try. <laughs> Honesty is hard sometimes, especially when you're not doing well. It's like hard to just confess that. And it's hard to to be honest when you're like, well, I'm going to be a real downer right now, but my weekend sucked yeah. or I'm lonely or whatever. It's, it's hard, but. Isn't that funny how honesty in the workplace too feels especially like invasive that if you were to tell somebody something personal about yourself, even though you spend... 40 plus hours a week in some way or another interacting yeah with that person right or <laughs> like I mean I'm in meetings most days mm-hmm. so I tend to talk to people on my team more than I talk to my partner who's 
five feet away from me <laughs> in a studio apartment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's wild. Moving to remote life, it became very apparent how much we needed processes mm-hmm. and we needed more, I don't want to say strict, but more consistent project management. And we were kind of like phoning it in a little bit. <clears throat> and I think moving to remote life, we needed to be more clear And we had a lot of changes in our team as well. So anytime you onboard new people and you don't have documentation of how you do things, it becomes so difficult for those people to get onboarded and and get really comfortable with your team and how you do things. True. And so, like, we had to figure out, okay, is this new person coming in and creating process? Is this new person coming in and fitting into process? What process are we scrapping? What are we keeping? What do we need to focus on? Who owns what? It was a lot of just figuring out that kind of like baseline, that foundation of accountability so that we could exist in a remote world where everyone's in a different time zone. You know, you communicate really well, but sometimes you, with people who have kiddos, they have to sign off early and come back on later at night. And so figuring out how to make sure things are running smoothly, that we're still efficient, that we're getting things done when we're supposed to while have, having that kind of, like, communication flexibility of, you know, we'll we'll get things done in our own time when we're supposed to, um, but it, it has to kind of happen when it happens. And that being said, I would say biggest hurdle still, probably, is communication and, <laughs> you know, being okay getting a slack on a Sunday morning and not and on both sides knowing that like the other person isn't working on a Sunday right. and knowing that if you're not that person working you should turn off your notifications and just ignore it like it needs to be it needs to be like a two-way street there and so you know balancing the entire company of workaholics <laughs> that are working all at different times and not overwhelming each other with like when we're working and what's best for us so Right. We're still figuring that out. Because your fire is not always going to be somebody else's fire just because right. you got to it and got around to re- reading that email Sunday morning. Yep. That person who had, you know, been part of that project with you, it's not as on top of their mind because they've already been working on it or doing something. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's kind of balance I think is huge I think that continues to just be a hurdle regardless of what the work situation is it's just now got a different outfit on (laughs) that like we're all working from home and I I even say all but we have a lot of people in our company who are continuing to go into the office just due to the nature of their position Mm -hmm. so some people within my company aren't working remotely they don't have that option or they don't have that flexibility and I think that's a big portion of our population as well I think both of us have you know family or friends or whatnot who are existing in a world where they still have to go into the office or into their place of work right whatever that looks like and so it's all I think balance is one that continues to be a big hurdle and balance in the sense of um you know, as we were talking about balancing your work time versus the time you take for breaks, Mm -hmm. balancing communication, how you provide that communication to others. I think that, you know, when you can easily just talk through something, it's really quick. But 
every time we need to talk about a project, we don't need to set up a phone call or we don't need to set up a meeting. We need to be able to utilize the tools and resources we have. So I think for us, a big hurdle was being um, better at utilizing the tools that we had. And so that does, you know, relate back to process as Mm -hmm. well and making sure there was a clear understanding of what tools you use when, and we're still working through that. And so, yeah, I guess when you put it as far as like process and balance, I think those really resonate with me too. Yeah. I'm sure is something that a lot of individuals in some shape or form are <laughs> right. trying to figure out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I think another thing that actually is tough and has been probably tough from the start for me in a remote world is that uh, you, you kind of forget the people that you work with are humans. Um, and so, like, if you if someone is not a good communicator via Slack or via email or whatever, you end up not having that kind of repair time with them that ends up being the FaceTime of maybe when they're a good communicator that reminds you that they're a human being that is maybe flawed or just doesn't know how to communicate via Slack. And that goes for everyone. So if you end up getting into this weird, like awkward, tense, I don't want to say fight, but like interaction with somebody or someone's very curt with you Maybe that's just how they communicate with via Slack. Maybe they're a curt person, you know, whatever. You don't have that same like, oh, I'm going to see you in the office in five minutes or tomorrow and remind myself that like you're you you are not mad at me. You're a cool person. You're a human being. You end up just kind of like masking over this feeling of, oh, we're all robots that are just like working <laughs> without emotion on our computers. And I feel like it. it it's harder to kind of get over that that feeling of, you know, maybe anger at somebody or mm-hmm. any kind of like negative feeling. It's harder to repair that, I think, when we're purely remote. So that's something that I still kind of have a hard time with. Um, it doesn't happen super often, but it's like, I think sometimes even I'm pretty short when it comes to how I interact via Slack. And it's like, I need to remind myself that people need to see me and the rest of my personality other than the just like brief responses I'm sending out um, to remind them that I'm a real person with feelings. Oh, for sure. I mean, because we get frustrated whether we're in person or whether we're working remotely. And I think that that's a very real just component of working. There's going to be frustration that mm-hmm. happens. But yeah, like it's it, it's always interesting to me when a coworker reaches out and is like, how are you doing? Like, hey, you don't seem yourself. And I'm like, whoa, that is so telling because, you know, when we're face to face, it's pretty easy to see someone, you, you know, like you see them in the hall, you walk by their desk, you can see them. But if I'm having somebody say that to me now, it's because they either have seen me in a short video call or they've seen me and send an email or they've seen my response in Slack. And yeah. like, so it's so different to have people that can pick up on that um, and notice that maybe you're not fully yourself and that it is a conscious effort that you have to make that when things aren't maybe going well or you're frustrated or maybe there's personal life things that are going on that are impacting how you work. It's not that you have to fake it um, or act like things are okay, but it is that extra step of thinking through, um, you know, what, what is the approach that I'm going to have to work today? What is the way that I can show up 
and how am I going to be able to do that? And what is okay for me to be able to do? Like, what level can I give to work right now? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're just going to have an off day. Sometimes your colleague is going to have a really off day. And it's about, like, giving space for each other and recognizing that, you know, if you need to reach out and maybe ask how you can support a project or if they need to talk through something that they've got going on, you know, I always try to approach it of, like, hey, are there any projects you need to bounce ideas around about? And start with it from, like, a professional level if you don't feel comfortable going on a personal level and being like, hey, is everything going okay (laughs) with um, your partner or, you know, whatever it might be, right? Um, And then, you know, I think that there's a lot of value um, that can come from that. I know it's been helpful when others have done that for me. But it is it is interesting to kind of check yourself and be like, what am I putting out there hmm. right now? And is that what I want to put out there? Sometimes I'm just going to have a bad day. Yeah. And that means I probably need to go for a walk and step away mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and figure it out. Um, and I think that that's been interesting to get more familiar with or more yeah. comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. That open communication. But it's also like almost learning body language that's not body language right. anymore. It's like, oh, the camera's, yeah, the camera's not on. What's wrong? Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, what do you think is going to happen? What's going to happen? Are you going to no, no, Nordstradamus? Nordstrom. Nordstrom Rack? Nordstrom oh, Love you. Miss, Miss you. you. <laughs> Nostradamus? Nose. Yeah, oh Nostradamus, that's right. Thank you. Yep. All right, we're, we're keeping that. <laughs> <laughs> Nostradamus, if I was to predict what was going to happen, I mean, in an ideal world, we figure out this, like, hybrid situation where people become really great at being remote workers, really respectful of the productivity of other people, way better communicators, both digitally and in person. And then you still could have an option to go into an office, maybe not a permanent office. Maybe it's more like a a shared workspace type thing. Uh, Maybe it's more like scheduled, like quarterly retreats or offsites or something like that. Um, Because I see a lot of potential in businesses being able to downsize their commercial real estate. I think that that would be great. And I think it would be so fascinating from a startup perspective to move away from the like, oh, we're so cool. We have a ping pong table. Like, <laughs> look at our kegerator, like all of that stuff. I think it would be so interesting to redefine company culture without those physical, um, without those physicalities. I think it would be really interesting. So that's what dream world. I think that's what it would be. I think that in an ideal, like in a real world, we'll probably continue to struggle with what's white, what's right and what's wrong, what's most cost effective, what what traditional biases we have on productivity. I think people have a hard time thinking they can trust their employees, and I'm, I'm sure some of that's going to stick around. I'm sure people will prefer to work in person. So I think we have a ways to go when it comes to transition, but I, I, I feel myself... I've always considered myself to be such a city person and I feel myself pulling away from that and seeing more benefit and some space and, and like a yard and, um, some quiet. And I know that's because the city is basically shut down and I can't take advantage of any of it. (laughs) Yeah. Which is a different circumstance, but I think more people will start to realize that 
and maybe move away from cities and the price that comes with that and the cost of living. And hopefully that leads to this more balanced hybrid work style that's a little bit more flexible. So hopefully companies will lead that drive. Yeah, I think that we're, you know, from my standpoint of being a company who everybody works in-house, I am curious to see if, you know, once we, if we get the all clear of being able to fully integrate everyone back into the office, if they'll fully do that, or if there there will be more flexibility. Um, I think there is a component of trust that has to be established or thinking that just because you're not seeing it being done, um, it doesn't mean that it's not happening. Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely a mind shift that as a culture, we kind of have to get behind that we can put a lot more trust in employees to get things done. There can be more effective ways of checking in on the status of projects or more, you know, um, integrated processes to figure out checkpoints and milestones and whatnot so that people aren't feeling micromanaged or kind of watched all the time. Mm -hmm. Because goodness, we're getting that enough already (laughs) in other forms. Um, But I think that, you know, I think part of it is my hope is that we do see a big shift towards allowing for this flexibility, allowing for more people to work remotely, more support for those who are already working remotely. I feel like, and you can speak to this, Sarah, but I think that the individuals who are now having to shift to working remotely are seeing that, oh, there's probably a little bit more support or equipment or stuff that you should have in order to make working from home comfortable. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both live in small spaces where we don't have a designated desk area to work. And so I was fortunate and I was able to go and, you know, borrow my desk chair from the office because it's not that far away from where I live. And so that whole ergonomic support and that whole mindset of, um, you know, providing equipment to individuals who are not working in the office. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of that uh, shift in thought, hopefully. Um, But yeah, I think the future really does hold a lot of the things that we're seeing right now as being more long-term, as much as we may or may not want to think about that. Yeah. It's been a good trial, I think, for things that will end up being very beneficial to work life in general. It mm-hmm. was just kind of like an accelerated forced hand when it came to being remote. So right. I think a lot of good will come from it. But yeah, being mandatory is tough. For sure. On top of everything else. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So this was our first true episode that wasn't about us. Yeah. First real <laughs> one in the books. Um, so Sarah, what do you feel like you learned from this conversation? Yeah, I, I think what stood out to me the most is that you feel more connected with your coworkers now that you're in a remote world. Um, I think that that's fascinating that you've moved into a a exclusively digital presence and somehow have found that to be more humanizing than, Um, seeing people face to face. I feel like that's very contradictory to what people probably think remote life would be. Uh, And I think that that is, it's interesting to me personally, because I'm going to, I think, try to find that more 
in my work life going forward. So thank you for sharing that with me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I feel like from my side, it was really great talking to you about what your experience has been and what your challenges have been, because as an individual who works remotely already prior to everything happening, I kind of looked at you as a guiding light of what to do or what to expect. And it honestly was reassuring hearing that even with a team and with individuals who are kind of a mix of people working remotely already and then some transitioning to working remotely, that the challenge of finding process and that challenge of communication is still relevant and that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be perfect at working remotely um, given the current situation just because you had been doing it for a year ahead of time or a year plus, um, but that it's still a very real thing and that's something that companies in different industries across the country and, you know, probably across the world are experiencing um, trying to figure out what those processes are and how to adapt to what this current um situation is really presenting so definitely yeah it's a work in progress yeah (laughs) so what do you think you are going to try to work on over the next you know month or short period of time what what are you going to focus on yeah um I think for me you know it stood out that both of us had talked about trying to balance our lives, try to balance the time that we're spending in front of our computers that we can find ourselves just sitting there for hours upon hours without getting up and moving, which is not recommended (laughs) um, based on my personal feelings. Um, (laughs) But I think it's going to be a focus for this last month um, to really be about balance, which um, is also fitting because when I pulled my tarot cards this week, it was, um, temperance that came up as my card in my third position for the future. And so I feel like everything right now has been really pointing to finding balance. And so whether that be in my temperament, whether that be in work, whether that be personal, um, you know, for the conversation at hand, having that personal, and professional balance is really important. So giving time and focus to that and keeping that in um, the forefront of my mind to keep revisiting and checking in with myself to see if that's something that I need to realign with or to maybe make some adjustments to um, be in better balance. I like that. For me, I feel like I'm going to, I need to redefine I think ritual in my life. I had a very nice routine pre-COVID and I think I let it slip because everything seemed temporary. And now that things have, things have kind of lost that temporary feeling. It's like we may be in this situation for a long time. I need to redefine what ritual looks like for me on a personal level. So like what my workout schedule looks like, what, how often I get outside into nature, when I make time to be alone, that kind of thing, and having that kind of structure. So that'll be something that I, I'm going to work on in the next month to redefine for me. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Thanks. So that's it. That's it. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs>
Um, I think it's also important, though, you know, in the true spirit of this being a lady date, that um, you all have an opportunity to share how you're feeling. So send us a message. You can contact us on our website. Um, You can find us on our social channels, at LadyDatePod. We're on Instagram and Twitter. Slowly figuring out how to work Twitter, so (laughs) bear with us. Um, And so, yeah, go ahead and follow us there. And yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, and we'll keep you posted on all we're doing. And we hope to hear from you. 